welcome to the Farm Beats podcast. Farm Beats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Beats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. There are interviews with expert producers and innovators from across the agriculture industry. We hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agricultural technology. Hello, Farm Beats followers, and welcome to another episode of the Farm Beats podcast. I'm Camila Rodriguez. And I'm Victor Ferreira, and we are glad to have you here with us as we begin our discussion with soil health and associated technologies. Carol. How do soil microbiome analysis technologies contribute to understand and enhance soil health? Yeah, that's that's the new part that was added to this whole, um, you know, the promotion of soil health is the biological part. So now with technologies, you know, that have evolved over time, of course, that is still like evolving and and, and we're still trying to connect the functionality of those findings uh, from these uh, microbial analysis has helped us to um, determine, you know, what are the, uh, like, who is there, right? Who is there? Like, for example, in the past, it was like, you know, just a count of, of microbes that were present in the soil, but we were not able to, like, identify them, uh, neither know, like, what were their roles, right? So now with technology, we could quantify, uh, like find out, like for example, if we are talking about nitrogen fixation in soybean. So who who are they? Who are those nitrogen fixers, right? In the past, we were just talking about like one um, a bacteria that fixes nitrogen, but actually there are like a big array of nitrogen fixers present in those soybean nodules. And that's surprising, right? But then on the other hand, we just recently discovered that there are some grasses, well, not recently, it was like known in, in sugarcane and also in rice, but now we are seeing in other grasses, like, you know, switchgrass that is native to um, the, the North American continent, um, that in these switchgrass uh, stands, there are like some free living nitrogen fixers that can contribute with some amount of nitrogen to the whole, you know, budget, which is significant. In terms of grasses, these uh, free living nitrogen fixers can contribute 50 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare. That is, you know, good because that's the total amount of nitrogen that the plant uptakes during the year. So great, right? But it was with isotopes. So here it comes the technology that we are able to to determine these parts, you know, to to study these um, uh, processes and functions of microbes. So using isotopes like 15 nitrogen uh, and, and in the term of gas, in a gaseous form, we're able to, to determine like who is there and what are they doing and how much are they producing, like in terms of nitrogen, you know, that they're fixing and contributing to the system. So that's the beauty of, you know, that how technology has evolved and allow us to study these biological processes that takes at a very, very, very small scale. But when you quantify them in, you know, in a year, they add up to significant amount of, of, of uh, nutrients, right? In this case, that contribute to the whole um, 
a system in a positive way. So that really helped us to study, you know, the play, like how much, uh, so who are they, the the role that they play, and also like in which part of the nutrient cycling are they involved, right? Because now we are using these engineers, right? Like the micro, meso, and macro fauna in our advantage, right? Because now we are trying to work and with nature and 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 try to rely more on on these um uh, processes more than you know external uh sources like you know adding more nitrogen to the system so what if we just rely on for, on, on on these microbes right to build more healthy systems so that is something that you know in order to manage properly our fields we need to understand what is the role that each of these microbes are playing when and where they are playing because you know it cannot be generalized cannot be something that we also can take for granted because as the example I share with you guys the free living nitrogen fixers from a research that I uh, worked on while I was in Michigan State we we saw that as opposed or as compared to the regular symbiotic nitrogen fixation these free living nitrogen fixers are like have an episodic function so they turn on and turn off depending on the moisture conditions so they don't that's why also they don't provide much nitrogen to the system but it is good enough for like a grass but probably not not that much for another plant like you know a soybean like a legume that's why they are very different from each other have work under different conditions. So that's what I can add here in the in the technologies that are evolving and help us to understand other other systems. You can only define soil microbes by soil analysis or is there a sensor that you can go in the field and detect the soil microbes? Yeah, that's a good question. All the all all depends on 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 your intent or what is the information that you're trying to get, right? So from the soil health perspective, we have from the biological indicators, in order to know if we have like an active or like a living ecosystem, we measure active carbon. And that is, you know, just an incubation of 24 hours where we measure carbon dioxide. So a system that is healthy and has microbes, you know, will decompose faster, right? So that, you know, it will will respire CO2 more than a soil that doesn't have microbes. So that is, that is you know, an, another way to determine that we have, you know, a good um, presence of, of microbes in, in, in place. So that, you know, disregarding like who is there and it's just like, are they active or not? You know, if they're active, then definitely they will respire more carbon than than a soil that is, you know, probably a polluted soil would definitely not be a one that um, you would measure high levels of CO2. So that is, you know, an indirect way to measure. Um, and also there's other incubation for for nitrogen, somewhat similar as the one that I'm explaining to you for carbon. How are drones and unmanned aerial vehicles, as we know, UAVs, employed to analyze and monitor soil health? Right. So so earlier I mentioned to you that, you know, with drones, um, they they are like the ones commonly used have sensors that measure NDVI, 
right? The, the greenness of plants and, and knowing that plants can serve as other sensors, right? Can tell us a lot about the, the nutritional levels of our field that will be coupled with, with measurements that we could do it on the ground, right? Like, you know, we could after determining areas that are yellowish, right? Plants that are not looking healthy, we could come and do some soil sampling there and analyze different soil health uh, parameters to um, match and see like what what are what are the, what, what is the problem, right? Like if if it's like a nutritional deficiency, it is a compaction issue, it is um, um, water logging issue. So that's some aspects that you know we will um, uh, combine to have a better idea or you know have this um, system approach in place and study the data set in a, in a better way. What are the latest advancements in soil carbon measurements technologies and their implications for sustainable agriculture? Yeah, so regarding the advances in soil carbon measurements, we have the uh, infrared spectroscopy uh, technology, we have the isotopes, and uh, uh, of course that, you know, those are the ones that can allow us to do uh, low cost and high throughput um, in a high throughput way, right, to monitor big areas of land. Of course, that in some cases, uh, some uh, farmers uh, work with um, big companies and do it with with satellite imagery, where they you know connect that information with like sometimes like soil color um, that they tie with the information that they get from the soil survey uh, website. Pair all that information, tie it with the environmental information, and then put it into models that you know could be day sent could be century where they start to um a, quantify the amount of soil carbon that they had you know at a certain point in time and then they can forecast it with you know if there is an adoption of a new practice that will you know is promised to increase uh, the organic carbon content so that's something that, you know, particularly the infrared spectroscopy technology is not new. It was developed like in the, you know, in early 2000s and, um, but is not widely used, right? So we are not hearing for people that are like, you know, have all of these, um, a, this technology in place. And you hear, you still hear from farmers or companies that are like, you know, probably trying to engage with farmers to get into the carbon market, um, they need to do some soil sampling, you know, to get the baseline um, and, 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 and determine what is, you know, the organic carbon levels in their fields before signing contracts, right? So that's something that um, right now, uh, how people are managing this, this subject, but uh, we are more into like promoting these high throughput uh, technologies that can help us to quantify and and do it more like you know eh, more frequently and also in a in a in a in a bigger area. Kara, do you think this new technology will be more accessible for farmers in the short term? Yeah, so so yeah, definitely. I will I will see that. Um, 
the more that we are going into this carbon market or this carbon intensive uh, scoring that might probably be in place by, you know, by, I don't know, by either the government or, or I don't know, like in, in the future, perhaps that's something that it will be regulated in some way that the people are going to get into like, okay, I want to measure like what's going on in my field. I want to quantify it. And, and and if it's you know if it's feasible or if it's attractive for them to join to these different programs, that will be something that you know farmers are going to um uh, look for different options to of te the technology options to like you know do it by themselves right because sometimes the the soil analysis are very expensive that might not might limit you the number of samples that you are submitting for analysis. And that will bring like lots of bias because your sample might come from a combined um, number of samples from like, I don't know, like hundred or thousand of acres. And that might not tell you a lot, <laughs> right? If we know that the soil is heterogeneous. So I will say that, you know, as time goes and as the market fluctuates and, you know, the new regulations probably will come in, um, the companies also will see that need, right? That demand. And then, you know, they need to come up with, with different options for farmers to do it, like, you know, um, cost effectively and also uh, do it like fast and, um, and, 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 you know, and, and will be like something that could be easily managed. Are there any breakthroughs in the development of wearable sensors for real-time monitoring of soil aspects? Yes, we we have right now some some sensors that are like you know can provide us some with real time information like the TDRs. These TDRs are sensors that can be installed at different soil depths, and we could get like three type of information: soil pH, soil moisture, and soil temperature. And we know that you know the the uh, soil moisture can help us a lot right here in Nebraska water is something that is so valuable and if you know the fluctuation of the water you could also like you know farmers could make a a more efficient use of their irrigation system right so there are like you know already some sensors that are in place and 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 farmers that you know particularly the ones that that work on their irrigated fields have in place so they could um have a more effective and efficient management of the resources Among all those data that you talked about, do we need a specific software to analyze this data or are there programs that can be used to upload them and analyze it? That That's a good question. So, you know, when you have these sensors in place, those go into a data logger and then the data logger needs to be connected to a, um, a you know, a an station, a data station, right? That will collect all the information from all your data loggers from across your your farm. And um, in terms of the programs, right? So sometimes that information comes as CVS, right? Like some some um, Excel files, right? That that you get that that um, data in 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 these formats. And then it will be up to you how to use these data, right? Um, when someone is data savvy, that could be, you know, probably using R 
and and or probably in Excel itself, right? So sometimes there is no need to go too far uh, into the data science and, and use R for, you know, probably some basic graphs and some um, a basic stats analysis um, from there. But, you know, in terms of soil health, uh, we don't have a program per se that we use to analyze the data, right? So for us, you know, we we get the data, we, we analyze with different stats programs or like, you know, probably make some graphs to understand like if there are some patterns. So it goes through different different uh, steps, um, these analysis. So so yeah, the, perhaps like Precision Act, uh, folks use a particular program that I'm not aware. So in that case, from data science, the big data uh, beyond using a you know statistical softwares or probably you know R, those are the ones that you know my group uh, commonly uses. But perhaps there are others that are available for uh, producers that they can use, and they are like probably provided by the companies that um, uh, sold them those um, technologies. Since you joined UNL, have you seen a rise in concern between farmers about soil health during field days or on extension events? So yeah, you you, you see a big change, right? I, I I saw the big change from uh people concern in yields to people concern about water quality, environmental, you know, uh, uh aspects of that, you know, farming are are a uh, uh, impacting so i i see that change in which uh farmers want to know more about you know um what is the impact beyond beyond uh in, increasing fertility so you 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 see them asking about uh the aspect of um the nitrate you know nitrate losses or they're interested in 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 knowing like how diverse is their soils, right? In terms of the micro, meso, and, ma and, and macro fauna, right? So some are like concerned that, you know, when they're digging up like a, a square foot of soil, they don't find any warmth. So that is something that, you know, they are concerned. But you see that, you know, it's something increasing and also something that they start to put in the pieces together that, you know, some that have been, heavily working on conventionally conventional um agricultural systems their family is more prone to have um some health issues right and that's you know either they have been heavily relying on chemicals that are something that is really concerning uh for them so so i see that that awakening and that you know for us to be in this position of promoting um, other practices, trying to help uh, producers to be more uh, efficient in managing their fields, and also at the same time build or maintain fertility while, you know, um, doing like other practices or reducing the input, the inputs in their farms. That's something that, you know, right now that's, that's our goal. Carol, are there apps or websites available that farmers can just access regarding specific factors they found on their soil analysis results? Yeah, there are like several apps out there, but you know, if you don't know the basics about soil science, then you know, sometimes 
that could be a little bit tricky to understand or like interpret. Um, the ones that, you know, the ones that I liked, if, if someone asked me about soil, soil science apps, that's the land PKS. That's developed by uh, the USDA ARS uh, in Jornada, um, experimental extension in Jornada. Uh, and then we have um, a, a so like the, the web soil survey, right? That's a great uh, website. It's not an app. Well, I, I don't know if they have an app, but it's a way a great uh, source for for uh, producers that are interested in getting to know more about their soils. Um, and then um, there are like recently new new apps that are like you know coming out to the market that are free, but it's to measure certain soil health properties. Like for example, there is one to measure aggregate stability, and uh, but you know it's it's one app that was developed by the Soil Health Institute. So there are like several ones, but again, like if, if you you definitely need to know more about your soil. And um, getting into the web soil survey, so the first step that someone should take. Mm -hmm. What is your advice for the agriculture public that works or would like to work with soil health? My advice, wow. Okay, so so it would be to stay informed, right? Stay informed about the latest advances in soil health science. Join us or learning communities too. So now at UNL, we have a very good uh, program where we promote uh, conferences, work, uh, I mean, workshops, field days, where, you know, we, we have uh, farmers coming in to share their experience on adulting, so help practices. We have also different NGOs or different federal or state agencies that are also coming to um, share information about their co-share programs that support the adoption of new practices like soil health practices. So I encourage everyone, you know, farmers and 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 practitioners, soil health practitioners, to to be on top of the latest advances of of soil health and to join or 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 events, right? To to keep um, you know stay together and 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 learn more about each other about our experiences. From like the research side, right? We have the own farm research program. Uh, all the folks that are involved there, they come and share their experience. And then we have other researchers too, like you know, sharing with with everyone about you know using different um, uh, strategies or technologies. So so I think that you know, it's a state engaged in 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 the topic and you know join or events to to. Um, to learn more or or even to share share their experience because you know as i mentioned earlier like the adoption of an uh, a, a new practice or like the adoption of 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 technology there is always a learning curve involved so it's better to be in that community that probably there will be one person that has already tried that and has overcome that you know learning curve and has come out successful or probably not but it is good to hear from the first hand about their experience. So um so that that will be something that I will add there. And yeah, I don't know if I missed something. <laughs> Carol, what is your advice for students that want to pursue career in soil health? Yeah, yeah, that that's a good question. So 
as you guys heard, soil health, like measuring or assessing soil health, is the combination of studying soil physical, chemical, and biological properties. So it's this very like very holistic approach, right? That combines different parameters and um. So for the student is to be able to be open, right? Open and passionate about soils, right? Soil science in general. It needs to be someone that really cares about the future of soil and that, you know, and acknowledges that a healthy soil will, you know, provide or 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 support a healthy community. So that is, you know, my advice to be someone to be really um a open to learn different different parameters, different um, applications too, because when we're doing a soil health assessment might not be always in croplands, right? So in my case, my in my program, we do soil health assessments in forest, in grassland, in rangeland, in croplands, in native sites, so different ecosystems right that you might not use the same tools always but you are like looking into like measuring what is the soil health status of that ecosystem and is there any topic that you would like to add that wasn't discussed today well not not a topic but actually extend the invitation to our listeners to join to our upcoming 2024 soil health conferences so we are putting together a wonderful agenda at both events. Uh, one is in Hastings. Well, let's start first with February 29th. Uh, we are hosting our first Soil Health Conference. Uh, on yeah, uh, yeah, that's in West Point. The second uh, conference is at Hastings. That is next March 5th. So I hope that the listeners will join us at this event. Uh, and, you know, and during these events, we have uh, farmers, uh, uh, panelists, also we have multi-sector panelists that will include the NRDs, NRCS, uh, we will have Bayer, we will have uh, also the National, no, the Nature Conservancy um, Act Director, so it's going to be fun event. And also we have some, you know, we will share some updates of UNL research on you know soil health so we will have uh, some of our colleagues different faculty topic uh, talking about the economics of cover crops uh interseeding cover crops and 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 the ways to graze them as well as how to build carbon with you know with the addition of manure in the system so there are like several opportunities for you know participants to to interact and learn more about like different soil health practices not only cover crops or not here so we always keep very diverse our agenda so we could serve a different um different farmers different uh, management systems and we could keep it like very broad so so all farmers can learn something new always every time that they come so we're looking forward to having them over and you know those are the two events that we have right now in 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 place but certainly there will be others planned for summer and fall so those are already in the extension calendar uh, embedded if if they are not you know i i encourage them to 
email me to cc, no, well, to ccordova4 at unl.com or, you know, um, visit our crop watch page of soil health program where they can find their, you know, within our own calendar, we have all of these events there. So I hope that they can, you know, listeners can subscribe to the extension, to the crop watch um, a magazine so they could get that, you know, always notifications about our events. And also, uh, by the way, these events are a, a, a sponsor, so th there is no uh, registration fee. We have been able to uh, cover all the expenses with the, you know, with with our sponsors' funds. Thank you very much to Dr. Cordova for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to learn more about soil health and all the emerging technologies. One of my favorite part of this episode was the thinking evolution of how farmers are managing their soil health from total area to specific areas. And for me, I found interesting the part that Dr. Cordova mentioned about sensors and drones that can be employed to help understand soil health and by the end of the day on decision making. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week on Farm Beats. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or whatever you listen to the podcast to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to use over email on Twitter or in the reviews section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support for this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bites. 